and welcome to the podcast. I hope you've been doing well. Today you're joined by myself, Craig, as I form one part of the Hacks podcast. This has indeed been a long time coming as the boys and I have been working towards making a variety of new content which shall be released within the next month. That being said, I'm incredibly excited to be back, especially talking about a movie that I'm quite passionate about. That movie in question is a phenomenal work of art that is Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name, one of the leading and most influential movies to come out of 2017, is based on the 2007 bestseller by the same name, which is written by Andre Axelman and has been adapted into James Ivey's screenplay with Luca Guadagnino at the helm, and quite fittingly has won an Academy Award for Best Screen Adaptation. It is a movie that boasts a stellar cast, a one that I feel the actors truly excel in their performances, while still putting the movie first. There are many career-defining roles, but one that really stands out is the breakout performance from Timothy Chalamet. And even though he wasn't unknown to this point, this career-defining performance really made film fanatics take note of him and acknowledge him as the future. As controversial as he may be, I will not dwell upon it much, but I would truly be amiss if I did not commend Army Emma on his truly exceptional performance. But now without further ado, shall we get into the discussion of Call Me By Your Name? From the opening credits, the tone of the movie is immediately set and is followed through this vintage artistic effect which leans upon refined taste and deep-rooted culture. And it is precisely within this opening that I find myself transferred into this film's nature and character, where my senses are greatly touched and led to breathe in the air of the ambient that has been created. The credits are displayed aesthetically with slashes of cursive upon purposely laid out pictures, of ancient sculptures. From this, noticeable bits of character are highlighted through the addition of common objects such as coins, a keyboard and even a box of cigarettes, which are like pieces of a puzzle that are about to be put together. There is a lot the scene conveys towards the general feel of the movie, and that more important than the voice of the movie. Call Me By Your Name has the luxury of using several devices to communicate and connect with the viewer, but it is the voice, the soundtrack of the movie, that at times communicates the most, and this is true with Hallelujah Junction, which quite fittingly serves as the first movement and sets the direction for this film. It enchanted me like a spell cast over one whose attention has been captured by the Marvel experience at an art museum. And truly, this is the same for the rest of the movie, as each song serves to enrich the experience further by either accompanying the narrative movement, like with May in the Backyard playing in the background, 
or capturing a timepiece with a song words being played on the radio, and even exploring the sense of the freeing feeling and adventure through the mesmerizing song Mystery of Love. It also integrates a lot of colour and culture, further immersing one into the experience of Northern Italy. However, I did not find it to be in a forceful way, but rather done naturally and true, as if it is simply in accordance with the movement of these characters. Something I have noticed about this movie is the spacing of its characters, and it's a device used as the movie goes along to emphasise growing intimacy. But as these characters are well-spaced, it allows for individual characters to stand out and be expressed, without having to force these characters to overshare themselves. However, this may at times leave a bit too much space, which is then uh, filled with the score when required, and left raw and bare wherever necessary. And it is essentially this awareness and intentional directorial work that makes this movie that much more exceptional. The cinematography is more than just a mere canvas for the rays of colour this narrative expresses. It gracefully captures the location of northern Italy with all its picturesque views. It essentially is a beautifully shot movie that is sensually indulgent, almost lethargic at times. It is a summer of love and self-discovery. And that's exactly what this film is, meandering in affluent indulgence within a life-altering summer. It is a season of heated passion, the pursuit of decadent interest, and an intimate look into self-discovery as well as self-indulgence. But with this also comes a season of vulnerability, confusion, hurt, and weakness. And as such, the sensual nature of this film explores more than just the desires of the flesh, but delves deeper into subtle nuances that forms a person and their sexuality. One of the things that contributes towards inducing this effect are the mannerisms of these characters. For example, a scene at the beginning of the movie where Oliver is walking down the stairs. A very simple scene in design, yet the sound team does so well in capturing the robust nature of every step that comes forth, shedding hints of his character, that of an intelligent, charismatic, confident and well-assured man, to a point that borders arrogance, but still within the shot resides something a bit more subtle, but arguably more important, where he briefly touches the fabric of the drapes halfway down the staircase. It is within this pause that first shows us his sensual nature, but also exposes a bit of vulnerability that comes with it. And it is moments like these throughout the film that expose a little bit more about these characters, as well as allowing one to form a connection to the story, as we ourselves feel we could touch what these characters feel. And as the film goes on, this device becomes more and more potent. This movie may have immersed me like no other, as I have explained the touch of the movie, but I also feel like I could smell the distinct scents throughout, as if the fragrance of the summer was actually present. The heat only serves to amplify the scent all around, an aroma of ripe peaches and apricots linger among the flowers of the garden, 
It is in Martia's hair wherever she goes. It is upon Mrs. Pullman's face as natural oils leaves its impression. It is a part of Elio's soil encroached feet and upon his dexterous hands as they brush along piano keys. It even resides within the fabrics of Oliver's worn clothes that hang in the bathroom. It is present in the river and ever present in the town's market. As uncomfortable as these scents may be at times, it is one of the reasons for the development of the relationship between Elio and Oliver, as the space that I mentioned previously gradually grows closer and closer towards each other, as to their natural scents, becoming riper and more enticing towards each other. To a point where we have a curious and confused Elio dealing with overwhelming sexual attention in an uncomfortable scene where he wears Oliver's shorts over his head. Taking in his sense, taking in his desires, it is through this act of curiosity that exposes a bit more about Elio's character, not just in the components that leads towards him pursuing Oliver, but the very vulnerable and immature state of Elio, gradually being overtaken and eventually controlled by his urges. A large part of his urges and curiosity stems from the affluent indulgence experienced at their family's summer villa, as he has the freedom to indulge in any activity within his interest, whether it be reading a book while lying about various locations, or transcribing music with a poet's posture, or taking a dip with friends in a river, whatever it may be, is acted upon a whim and according to feeling. At times it may even feel monotonous, as Elio so described himself, people here wait for the summer to end, which is why the addition of Oliver in his life during this period held a great gravitational pull even if, at first, it wasn't entirely the most positive of starts, but there was this magnetic pull. As more time was spent together resulted in a collision of their being and interest, Oliver was taken by Elio's prestigious talents, smart mind and maturity at such a young age, and Elio, an introvert, was taken by Oliver's self-assurance sorry, self-assured confidence and the potent charisma that came with it, but also the softer side that only he bore witness to. Both were taken by the spell of this forbidden love before even properly realising it, and it only grew more and more tense as their body language communicated the reality, even before words were said or implied. Oliver, the more cautious due to the concerns of society's severe judgment, and as the movie went on, there was the strong conflict that he had to deal with, not wanting to hurt or take advantage of Elio by taking things too far or too quickly, was thus reluctant to give in to his urges, but eventually did in built up stages. With Elio, it was more inward as he was coming to terms with how he felt during this period of his life, during a period of self-discovery, where he tested both 
feelings and passion for his longtime friend Marcia, as well as newly discovered and developing interest in Oliver, thus also leaving Elio at times wanting to do things right, almost eager to get Oliver's approval while simultaneously not wanting to expose his lack of experience and naivety. It is something that Elio is ever plagued by, but also something Oliver is aware of, which feeds into him not wanting to hurt Elio while trying to be there for him in a distance as well as closeness. The relationship between Marcia and Elio mirrors to a point the relationship between Elio and Oliver, as one participant is more taken and vulnerable than the other, and it is precisely this comparison that highlights the important notion of maturity. I am by no means condoning Oliver enticing and perhaps taking advantage of a 17-year-old Elio, but whether Elio was a year or two older, the effects of difference in experience and developmental stages of their lives in terms of maturity, I feel would still be a prominent factor. It is this very notion that runs true for many relationships that we may experience in general. So as seemingly pure and beautiful as this movie at times is, there is an underlying issue that this movie is aware of and explores. It does not shy away from immoral imbalances, yet does not seek to glorify it either, but rather showcases it in a raw and true way. It does not ask you to condone anything, but it does paint its picture vividly, allowing you to witness and come to your own conclusions. I won't get into detail concerning the more intimate scenes, as much as I feel it is vitally important and adds a lot of dimension and meaning, but I feel if you watched it, there is impact enough for it. However, to describe the feeling, I felt the sense of discomfort as if I were there and had no place being there. It felt raw and true as if I had walked into the scene that I shouldn't have been in and just stayed and watched. Yet at the same time, this is exactly what worked for the movie and the overarching message it conveyed. With all due respect, it is a movie that does not go completely out of its way to emphasize a homosexual relationship, but importantly shows it should be as normal as any heterosexual one, especially in a movie whose antagonist is time as well as the times that they live in. And speaking of antagonist, the concern for me halfway through watching the movie was the ramifications of this relationship, especially concerning Elio's parents finding out. Yet this proved to only be a concern birthed upon understandable misconception, and I would be truly amiss if I were not to add mention of the Pullmans. Whether you agree or disagree with their moral standpoints and how they handle the situation, a lot of who they are depends upon the open and well-understood mind. We saw it early on in the gorgeous, perceptive eyes of Mrs. Pullman, as she gave hints of knowing while keeping a motherly eye on the possibilities of the relationship. This is Mr. Pullman's monologue which really drives this notion home. 
and is perhaps the best written speech while serving as one of the most important moments of the whole movie, where a father who loves his son talks to him about life and one of the most important reasons within it. He does not seek to judge or ridicule, but understands his son and the position that he is in, and perhaps a small part of him envies him deeply, but not in a selfish way, but more in a reflective manner, where he is very much enchanted by the past, yet focused on the present concerning his son. Whether or not you agree with his decision, I feel it's important to understand where he's coming from and the wisdom held within his father. He's allowing his son to live an experience, to feel life, to support him in whatever decision he makes, to be there for him, perhaps in the way in which he wished one may have been there for him. So then, while I take in the beautifully heartbreaking visions of Gideon, I'm reminded of a still young but more mature Elio, staring into the depths of the flame before him, hypnotized by the heat of the memories past. Elio, baptized in the heat of emotions, silently contemplating with bitter resentment, pain flowing forth. He is a picture of despair, a picture of loss. He is a representation of overwhelming heartbreak experienced after the loss of your first love. And just as Ilio continues to stare into the flame, a flame that represents the heat of the summer that has passed, the heat of emotion and shared experience, so too I am reminded of the journey I have embarked upon in this movie, as well as the impact it has had on me. Call Me By Your Name is a movie that I genuinely felt like I could have watched for another few hours. Yet quite fittingly, the main villain in the story is time itself. This season of love has come to an end and could not extend past that due to the times that they lived in. And similarly so, as I bring this to a close, I have wanted to delve into a lot more, and perhaps one day I shall, but for now, just like the conclusion of the story, I am content. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I have enjoyed making it. I hope this movie has left an impact on you as much as it has on me. For better or for worse, with the moral ambiguities and complexities, I own This Is A Beautiful Movie that I have had the absolute honour of experiencing. I am mesmerised by the dedication from all parties involved that have made this tremendously successful film. The expert directional work to allow each character a room to breathe and exist to convey a rich and substantial world is breathtaking. Texture has been applied, the sound has been generated, the cinematography was stunningly simple, well guided with a professional touch. Call Me By Your Name is a work of art of the most special kind. And with that being said, 
thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. It has been yours truly, Craig, signing out for the Hacks podcast. Until next time.